0: hello and welcome to the midweeks with pastor Robs. we are in romans and i am loving the book of romans it is um, fueling a little personal revival for me as i am seeing afresh the foundation truths of what it means to be a christian I'm just loving the gift of being righteous before God by faith, by looking to Jesus and trusting him and God in his free grace, responding by declaring me just in his sight as a gift. I'm loving the the truth that I am really rescued from the wrath of God and from my sin through the sacrifice of Jesus and through his shed blood and that this is God's plan it's not my plan I'm not trying to sneak in the back door I'm not trying to work things out on my own God's plan was to rescue people rescue me from my sin rescue us from the wrath of God through the cross of Jesus Thank you, God. I'm loving that the call to be a Christian is a call to be always rejoicing in good days and bad days, hard times, difficult times, the dark nights of the soul, always with this call to come back to rejoicing in God or to rejoice in God even through the hard times. As Roman 5 teaches us, I love um, this truth that um, the, the gospel, the truth of who Jesus is, Is and what he has done really does um, meet the issue of ongoing sin. And so if you were with us last Sunday, we began to talk about it. Romans chapter 6, Paul wants to answer the question, if we're forgiven through the cross of Christ by faith, does that mean we should keep on sinning? Some people were drawing the wrong conclusion either that Paul was preaching this, go ahead and sin. The more you sin, the more God forgives, the more he forgives, the more glorious he is. So the more you sin, the more glorious God is. Go ahead and sin. Either people were claiming Paul said that or people were living like that. And I think there's probably a reason to believe that both those things happened. And so Paul is addressing that question because... We are saved by grace because we're justified by faith. Should we go on sinning or sin even more because it's God's glory to forgive us for our sins? And the answer is no, may that never be. And what Paul says at the beginning of chapter 6 is the first reason is we have died to sin in Christ. How could we go on living for it? And so he says, you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So have a renewed mind. Don't think that sin is your treat at the end of the day. Don't think think that sin is your treasure that you get to kind of enjoy like Ebenezer Scrooge Scrooge stacking up his coins and counting them. Oh, And now in Jesus, I can enjoy these sinful pleasures consequence free. scot free says, no, 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 no. Consider yourselves to have had your life revolutionized. You used to be an enemy of God and alive to sin, and now you are alive to God, and now you see that sin is really the enemy. So, and He looked to baptism and a Christian baptism. Every Christian should be baptized in obedience to Christ, and so that these words apply to us without us going. Well, does it still count if I've never been baptized? He looks to Christian baptism. And says, "In your baptism by faith, you were crucified. You sorry, you died with Jesus, and you came out of the grave with Jesus. This is who you are. This is your spiritual reality, and now believe it and walk it out." And he goes on a little bit further because um, for a Christian, it's not just that we have sin and God that has um, our relationships have been turned around and revolutionized through faith in Jesus. There's also this relationship to the law of God that is really important for Paul to address because he's writing to many, many Jewish people. And so, um, they need to hear what the cross of Christ does for the law. And it's very difficult for us to empathize. Um, even as Christians, we read about the law, but and we can sometimes, when we read the law, and sometimes we're encouraged by it, sometimes we're discouraged by it, sometimes we have big questions about it. But for a Jewish person, their entire lives were... Um, flavored, dominated, led, and saturated by the law of Moses from their earliest days. And they would be at a temple worship and reading it together and not eating certain foods and not eating with certain people. And their holidays and their festivities were all, their entire life was dominated by the law of Moses. Moses. And so to become a Christian and to hear and and to come to Christ by faith and to have this huge part of your life, life under the law, um, change, you need a lot of teaching. You needed a lot of teaching. And so Paul wants to teach about it lots in Romans. And so he says these very key words in verse 14. He says, For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace. This is a key sentence. And what he's going to expand on later is that the fact that the law in the life of the Jewish person or in the believer doesn't fix sin. It can just expose it and call down um, judgment for it or call down criticism for it. So he says, you won't be conquered by sin because the sin no longer has the law as a weapon in its hand to dominate and destroy you instead you're under grace you're under christ you're under his cross you're under his shed blood and so what he wants to do is he wants to give us the second layer of thinking about our transformed relationship between god and sin to help us want to embrace this life of holiness that is part of the christian life and he starts to talk about us being slaves of righteousness what then are we to sin Because we are no longer under the law, but under grace. So this is the question. So before he says, should we sin because um, so that God's grace might abound? The more sin, the more grace, the more glory for God. Should we sin because of that? He says, no, 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 no. Now here's the second question. Should we sin because we're no longer under the law? And he says, no, no, no. But instead, he gives them a different way to think about it. And this is God calling us to think like this. This isn't just Paul being smart 2,000 years ago. This is the actual Holy Spirit of God writing through Paul, the very mind of God, the summons of God to think like God in a way that will be true and help set us free. He says, do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient servants or slaves... You are slaves to the one whom you obey, either to sin, which leads to death, or or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. Thanks be to God that you who were once slaves to sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity... And to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. So we'll just stop there for now. So what he's saying there is he's saying, look, you're people, we're people, we need ways to understand what God has done. He says, So let me use um, slavery as a metaphor, as a way of understanding uh, why we shouldn't just think, I'm not under law, I should be able to sin my brains out and I'm forgiven because I'm under grace, so no problem. He says, think about this reality. Whoever you obey is your master. Whoever you obey is your master, and your master rewards you. This is the spiritual reality that Paul is getting at here. Whoever you obey is your master, and your master will reward you for your service. And he says, on the one hand, How you used to live was that you were slaves to sin. Sin's will came to you in your flesh. Sin's commands came to you and you obeyed from the heart. Sometimes begrudgingly, sometimes zealously, but you obeyed from the heart. And he says, your master sin, when he comes to reward you, rewards you with death. Is that what you want? He says, instead... Come and present yourself to righteousness, to the righteousness of God, or to literally the standard of teaching to which you were committed. Come and present yourself to the teachings of God. Come and present yourself to the righteousness of God and say, I want the righteousness of God to be my master. I will be its obedient slave so that when his commands come, when his will comes, I'm uh, set in my mind and in my heart to be obedient to the righteousness of God. And the payout for the righteousness of God is, number one, sanctification, this process of being transformed into the likeness of Christ, this process of being made more and more holy to Christ. And the ultimate payout is eternal life as a free gift of God. Okay, so this is what we're, we're being presented with here, is this call to a new mindset. What should I think about my sin? says, I could use the gospel for sensual reasons. I could use it as an excuse for sin and just say, hey, look, I'm forgiven. And so since I'm forgiven, slave sin can be my master. I can do whatever it wants and it will be fine. And Paul says, not really. If sl- sin is your master, the payout will be death. He will reward you with death. And underneath that, I think what he's saying is, you don't really have faith, do you? If your faith in Jesus is just thanks for the scrubs and for washing me clean and now i'm off to who i really want to worship off to what i really want to do that's not really faith you're not really looking at christ for salvation you just want someone to tell you everything's going to be okay while you do whatever you want but instead he says if you are really looking to jesus if you're really hungering and thirst for righteousness and you're looking to him for salvation it's good news that the righteousness of god can be your new master that you can have a master, that you're set free from the law, you're set free from sin, you can have a new master who loves you and and wants to train you and commands you to do good things. And the payout, the reward, is this free gift of eternal life and this transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit. So Paul admits, you know, it's not the perfect analogy, but guess what, there are no perfect analogies. Only, Only the truth is true. And analogies help us understand what God has done, and we need lots of help because He's done so much, and there's so big things. But this is the 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 call for us. Wouldn't you rather be a servant of righteousness than a servant of sin? Wouldn't you rather have the righteousness of God compelling you, influencing you, uh, coming out of you, being expressed by you? Wouldn't you don't you don't you actually love the cleanness? Of knowing that you've obeyed God and brought Him pleasure through, through obeying Him, isn't that so much better than just having sinned and 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 feeling the conviction about it and going, coming back and and I'm so grateful that I can always bring my sin to God. I'm so grateful that I can get cleansed over and over. That there's this promise that if we walk in the light as He's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. If we confess our sins to God, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. It's First John chapter one. But isn't it better to think I'm a servant of the righteousness of God and to love living like that? This is the Midweeks with Pastor Robs. We're in Romans. More to come.